Okay, so we're continuing on with our series of First Kepha or First Peter, you know, and we are in chapter five. This is the last um, chapter of First Kepha. We will be pulling for a new book today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that's not what you were talking about. No, bro. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think we got it. We had an extra set if I didn't. But um, we don't. Oh, crap. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let's jump right in. <laughs> Let me have my first reader read first Kings 5, 1, 2. The elders which are among you I exhort, who and also an elder, a witness of the sufferings of Messiah, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of Elohim which is among you, taking the oversight of taking the oversight of thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for the filthy lucre, but a ready but a ready, but a ready mind. Hallelujah. All right, so we see here that he's addressing the elders. You know, um, and he's speaking of himself. You know, who that he's also an elder, and surely he was, and a witness of the sufferings of Mashiach and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Hallelujah. You know, I guess I would never witness the actual sufferings of Mashiach, you know, but I'm shooting for being a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Amen. Yeah. You know, so he's telling the um, elders, he says, feed the flock of Elohim, which is among you. You know, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Now, this is how I reason the KJV. You know, um, but I got a problem with this. I have a problem with this. As, as is, verse 2 reads, as if <laughs> Apostle Kepha or Peter is concerned with the elders overseeing the flock due to constraint. That is, due to somehow being forced into being shepherds. You know, um, you know that's, the way, that's the way it reads, you know, at least to me. You know, feed the flock of um, Elohim, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint. You know, so I'm not going to oversee, you know, not by constraint, but willingly. You know, you don't have to make me do it, you know. Um, so I don't think it should read like that, you know, as if, you know, Apostle Kephas or Peter is concerned with the elders overseeing seeing the flock due to constraint. That is due to you know, somehow being forced into being shepherds. Um, so what I believe is, is uh, Apostle Kepha or Peter meant is that we don't, um, I don't think he meant that some folks was getting forced into shepherd, shepherding the people, but we don't find any evidence of this anywhere in scripture, not even a hint of this sort of thing happening. You know, therefore I believe verse two isn't concerned with the shepherds overseeing due to constraint, you know, but rather them overseeing Yah's flock by constraint. You know, um, hence verse two would, would better be translated, you know, and then this is Obadiah's translation right here. Feed the flock of Elohim, which is among you, overseeing not by constraint, but vol voluntariness, not for filthy lucre, but uh, a ready mind. Now, this version makes more scriptural sense in that it coincides with a very important lesson Yahushua taught 
apostle Kiefer, Peter and the other apostles concerning ruling within the kingdom of Elohim, you know, and it's found in Mark 10 in verse 42, it says, but Yahushua called them to him and saith unto them, ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and their great ones exercise authority upon them. You know, and so we see here, he's talking about rulership. He's talking about, you know, leadership and how it's done in the world. You know, saying that the Gentiles exercise lordship, you know, and they exercise authority, you know, so, you know, they have their way with, with the people, you know. He continues on in verses uh, 43 and 44, um, Messiah says, but so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. So you see the rulers in Yahshua, that is the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the evangelists, and teachers are titular. That is in name only, physically speaking. You know, so physically speaking, you know, none of the, the leadership in Yahshua, you know, should be trying to make you do anything, physically make you or, or compel you to do anything, you know. Uh, you know, you don't do it, sending the goons over there, you know, and it's going to be consequences. You know, that's not how it looks, you know, in Yahshua. That's how it looks in the world, right? You know, if you don't comply, you know, we're going to make you or we're going to lock you up or we're going to penalize you or to, to, um, to some degree. And that's, that's how the rulers of the world operate. But that's not how Yah's leaders are to operate. You know, they are in ruling positions in name only, you know, physically speaking. Yes, scripture also teaches that they do have great authority in the spiritual realm. You know, uh, consider Romans 13, one through five. Let me have my first reader read Romans 13, one through five. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of Elohim. The powers that be are ordained of Elohim. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of Elohim, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of Elohim to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of Elohim, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. Hallelujah. Okay, so here, hereby we learn that, you know, that the leadership in Yahshua are ordained of Elohim, you know, and, you know, so here it is, Apostle Paul saying, whoever resists the power, resists the ordinance of Elohim, because he's the one who, who's ordained, you know, and they that resist receive to themselves damnation, you know, so Yah will get you, you know, and so, you know, this is how 
this is how y'all's rulership exercise authority, you know, by simply, you know, telling y'all, oh, you don't want to listen? All right, tell them that, you know? Yeah, I'm snitching. I'm a tattletale, yep. <laughs> you know, all right, I tried to tell you, okay, now I'm, I'm not to get, I'm not to get pops on you. Power of prayer, that's what we're talking about here, amen? You know, and so, you know, this is what subject ones, one to the wrath of, of Elohim. And so this is why he encourages, you know, uh, the folks to be in subject, you know, to the powers that Yah has ordained, not only for wrath's sake, but also for conscience sake, just so that you can have a clear conscience. Amen. Now, my perspective, trans, uh, perspective or translation of verse two also aligns perfectly with what Apostle Kepha Peter says next. You know, in verse three, he says, neither as being lords over Elohim's heritage, you know, but being in samples to the flock. So hereby we see that, you know, um, he truly was speaking that you should not rule over speaking to the elders and encouraging them and telling them, look, don't lord over Yah's people, you know. Um, you know, you're not supposed to do it by constraint, by compelling people to do stuff, you know, but by helping them to understand so that they will do it willingly, voluntarily, you know, and so that's what it's about, you know, and, you know, think about it, you know, even in Torah, when Moshe was leading the people, you know, uh, uh, you know, through, through, through the land, when it came to things like the sacrifices, you know, you never see anyone being forced to sacrifice. It was all voluntary. You know, yeah, you were told that, you know, if you sinned, you had to bring an offering. If you transgressed, you were to bring an offering. If you did this, that, and the other, it was an offering that was supposed to be brought. But not once do you see anyone compelling anyone to do that. It was all voluntary. You knew what you did. Y'all knew what you did. Yeah. You know, so either you were going to try to make it right or you was going to experience, you know, his wrath. You know, and it wasn't, you know, from man. It was directly from him. Amen. You know, so, uh, yeah, so it's a voluntary system, you know, and so the leaders and Yah, we, we're supposed to lead you know, we're supposed to lead, not compelling the folks to do things, but helping them to understand so they so that they'll voluntarily do. You know, uh, Mark ten forty five. You know, also bear witness to this, which is the next verse. You know, in in what we were reading about Yahshua telling them how leadership was to be in the kingdom. You know, he says, for even the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, you know, and to give his life a ransom for many, you know. And so this is also congruent with what Kephas is saying here, that not not only are you not the Lord over Elohim's heritage, but you're supposed to be an, an, an example or an example to the flock. You know, this is this is what this is what 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 you're supposed to, supposed to do. You're supposed to be an example. You know, we lead by example, you know, and so, you know, this is how Yahshua did it. And this is how, you know, his 
his his his leaders in in his body this is how they supposed to do it by leading by example being the samples to the flock amen amen uh first keepers five four and when the chief shepherd shall appear ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away hallelujah you know and revelation 2 10 bears witness to this Revelation 2.10 says, Fear none of, the, none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Hallelujah. You know, so, you know, um, this bears witness to what Kepha is saying. You know, you do it right, you should receive a crown of glory that should not fade away. That crown of glory is a crown of life, eternal life. It doesn't fade. Amen. You know, um, uh, pop quiz, just just for kudos. Who can tell me what church is being spoken about here in Revelation 2 10? It's only talking about one, so you have to choose one. It is smart. It is smart. All right. All right, so much for the pop quiz. All right, so verse three also spoke about being examples to the flock, even as Yahshua was examples to the flock. This word, example or example, it's there, um, you, you find it sometimes translated in the KJV as in sample and sometimes example, you know, but they're both translated from the same word, two poles, uh, which is not number 5179 in the Strong's, and it speaks to a diastruct, a sampler, a type that is a model for imitation or um, an instance for warning, you know, and so this is what we're we as leadership is supposed to, this is how we're supposed to lead, you know, by example, you know, by being a model, you know, for imitation. This is why you find uh, Apostle Paul saying, follow me as I follow Yahshua. Amen. You know, because he's setting the example, you know, and that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, now verse, uh, oh, it's not. Um, verse four seemed to be missing. It was on the other one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, about the uh, crown that fade of not away. Okay. Yeah. Glad we got it in there. <laughs> verse, <laughs> verse verse five. You know, let me have my next reader read verses five and six. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elders. Yea, all of you be subject uh, one to another and be clothed with humil humility. For Elohim resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of Elohim that he might exalt you in due time. Hallelujah. So we're told in verse 5 likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. You know, um, now it's speaking about the leader, you know, in, in the body of Yahshua, whether it's the, the apostle, prophet, you know, evangelist, um, 
uh, teacher or pastor, you know, so it's telling the younger, this word younger speaks to those who are recently born, you know, so you know that everybody in the kingdom have been father from above, born again, amen? Yeah. You know, so it's telling, you submit yourselves to, to the elder, you know, and said, yeah, all of you be subject one to another. So now it's telling you also, you know, subject yourself, even if a person is not an elder, if they're telling you what's something that's right, you know, subject yourself to them, right. you know, and be clothed with humility. You know, don't be high-minded, you know, be clothed with humility, abase yourself for Elohim resisteth the proud and give up grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of Elohim, that he may exalt you in due time. You know, and this is congruent with what Yahshua taught in Matthew 23, 12. We read, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Hallelujah. You know, so, you know, it's very important that we remain humble while we walk this thing out you know thinking that you you, you can't be thinking that you you better than you know those folks of the world because you know you were once in the world too yeah right say right. all right let me have my um next reader read verses uh seven and eight please Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom you may devour. Hallelujah. Okay, so verse 7, you know, spoke about casting your cares upon Yah. You know, uh, did it say cast your cares upon your brother and sister? Say, cast your cares upon Yah, right? Yes. You know, and that doesn't mean that he won't use your brother or sister to help you. But you always go to Yah first. Yes, right. Amen? Yes. For he care for you. Always go to Yah first. You know, and this is congruent with what Yah taught in Matthew Yahoo 6, 25 and 26. He says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, or yet for your body, what ye shall put on is not the life more than meat. And the body more more than raiment, or the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feed of them. Are ye not much better than that? Right. You know, and when you think about that, you know, I, you know, you know, you really think about that. They don't sow. They don't reap. <laughs> They don't gather in the barns. Yet yeah, y'all make a way for them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And you know we're much better than birds of the air. Amen. He'll make a way for us too. You know. You know. Now, just to assure that, that's where verse eight come in. At. Be sober and vigilant. You know this word sober is nepho, number thirty-five twenty-five, meaning to abstain from wine. 
You know, so just because you're having a rough go of it, don't go get drunk. No. <laughs> you know, um, but it also can speak to being habitually temperate. You know, and that's that's that should be the goal to be habitually temperate. You know, no matter what's going on, you know, stay calm, cool, and collected. You know, and be vigilant. This word vigilant is Gregorio, number eleven twenty-seven meaning to stay awake and watch for danger. Mm. Watch for danger, you know? So keep keep your head, keep a cool head and watch for danger because your adversary, mm. the devil, you know, he's going about seeking whom, seeking whom he may devour. This is congruent with what we read about in Job 1.7, where it says, and Yahuwah said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered, Yahuwah and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. This is what he does. He goes to and fro and up and down in it. And if he run across you, then, you know, he may decide just to, you know, um, have his, you know, have, have a little, his way with you, you know, or do a little ordeal, you know? So, you know, yeah. He's not, he's our adversary. You know, he's supposed to come up against it. People always seem like they surprised when, you know, when, when he come, you know, he's supposed to come, you know what I'm saying? You supposed to be ready. Amen. You know, cause you, you should know he coming. And if you really astute, then you know how he coming. You know, if you, if you, if you really are in, in your circle, you should know any openings that's in your circle. And if you know what openings are in your circle, you can you can um, predict which way he's going to mm -hmm. come at you, and then you can better fortify yourself against that that way. Now, just some advice, you know, that I would give, even though you know there's only one way he he may be able to come. Don't think you can withstand him. If you see him coming. Run. Right. <laughs> Run. You know, don't think you're strong enough to go one-on-one -on -one with me. I assure you, you are not. You know, but this is how our enemy, you know, this is how he does. You know, he goes about and he looks, you know, for who he can get in, into trouble. And, or at least he try to get you in trouble. So we are to be habitually temperate one of the ways he get us is because we become emotional right and then we do something out of the ordinary yes. we do something unrighteous we do something out of our out of character due to our emotions because we're afraid because we're mad you know so yeah or sometimes they want to blame it on alcohol you know <laughs> Be habitually temperate, you know, and always be watching out, you know, for the enemy. Amen. Because he out here. He out here walking yeah. about. He looking for somebody he can devour. That's right. You know, y'all willing, it will be none of us. That's right. He has to go on to easier prey. Mm -hmm. Verse 9. First keeper five nine, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren 
that are in the world, when he does come up against you, he's going to afflict you. But you need to know that this is a part of the walk. It's not nothing out of the ordinary that's happening to you that, that no one else had to deal with. He's coming at everybody. He's, going, he's making his way around. He's going to get to everyone. Him and his cronies are going to get to everyone. Amen. You know, so you have to know that, you know, and understand that you're not going through anything others haven't went through. It's a part of the way. You have to go through it, you know, and Hebrews 4.15, you know, bears witness to what Kephas is saying. Kephas is saying, the apostle Kephas is saying, you know, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You know that, you know, the other saints, they going through afflictions too, you know, so you know that that's, that's normal. You're right. supposed to know it's normal at this point, you know, and. Hebrews 4.15 teaches us, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So he went through his afflictions as well. And trust me, his was, was very likely much, much, much worse than yours. Amen? Amen? You know, yet he didn't sin. Set the example for us. So even though you're going through afflictions, even though you know, you're being challenged, persevere, stay sober, stay, keep that cool, calm, and collectedness, and don't sin. Don't sin. Don't allow the enemy to get the best of you. Yes. Also, let us consider Luke 22, 31, and 32. My next reader, please. And the other nine said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I pray for thee, that thy faith fail not. For when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Hallelujah. All right, so Simon had to go through the same thing, just like we had to go through. And Simon is keepers, you know, by the way. He had to go through the same thing. So he went through his afflictions. Yahshua went through their his afflictions. All the other apostles went through their afflictions. All the righteous, all that live godly shall suffer persecution, right? You know, so this is a part of the way. We're going to have to go through it. Now, this is the thing. If you know someone who's going through it, then you're to help strengthen them. Even as um, Yahshua, he helped strengthen Simon. And so he's telling them right here, Satan have desired to have you that he may sift you as weak, you know. But what did what did Yahshua do? But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. If you see somebody going through their afflictions for righteousness' sake, not because they're that you know they're doing wrong and, and so you know wrong and caught up with them, but if you see them going through something for righteousness' sake or for Yah's name's sake, you know, you know, pray for them. Pray that they their faith fail not. You know, and this is how you'll strengthen your brother. Amen. Amen. All right, verse verse 10, first Kephas 5:10. But the Elohim of all grace, who have called us unto his eternal glory by Mashiach Yahushua, after that ye have suffered a while, 
make you perfect, establish, strength, and settle. Hallelujah. You know, so because you, you're going to definitely go through some, you're going to go through some afflictions. You're going to go through some persecution. You're going to have to suffer. It's a part of the way. Amen. Amen. You know, if, if he's called you into his eternal glory, you know, by Yeshua, you're going to have to suffer a bit. No way around it. You know, and so here it is. Uh, Apostle Kephas is, is praying, you know, that after you have suffered a while, you know, that suffering will make you perfect. That word perfect doesn't mean without error. You're not going to ever be without error, you know, but it will make you complete. It will establish you. It will strengthen you. Once you don't went through, you know, something, you're going to be, you know, everything that don't kill you makes you stronger, right? So you're going to be stronger. And it's going to settle you because after you've been through so much, you know, when the enemy come, you know, uh, another time, you can draw strength on and become settled from what he brought you through in the past. Oh, I've been through worse situations, you know, and he's been with me. He brought me through. So I know he's going to bring me through this time. And, you know, and that's where I am. You know, that's where I am. I, I've been through so much, you know, that I don't even let the enemy you know, get me just grown um, too much anymore. You know, he come at me and, and I'm like, okay, <sighs> man, gotta go through this. You know, and I just go through it, you know, but I don't worry. I'm not fearful. I'm just like, okay, I gotta go through it. You know, because he's established me, he's strengthened me. I'm settled from all the past um, um, battles I've had. You know, so, I know, like, he going to bring me through or, some, or, or you know, or he's going to work it out for my good, one way or another, you know, because I know I'm serving him, you know, so, uh, man, I'm just about quoting the next verse, Romans 8.28, you know, bears witness to this, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love him, that love Elohim. To them who are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. You know, so, you know, for those of us who have been called according to his purpose, we know we got to go through some stuff. We're going to suffer. We're going to suffer. There's no way around it. We're going to yes. suffer. You know, but he'll even take our bad and turn it mm -hmm. into a good thing for us. Great job. Amen. Amen. Also consider Romans 9, 24, even us whom he have called, not of the Yahudimon, but also of the Gentiles. You know, so he hasn't just called the Yahudim or the Israelites. He's also called those of the Gentiles. You know, y'all didn't leave anyone out. He didn't leave anyone out. You know, he's, he's, he's kept his promise. He kept his promise. That he made to Abraham way back when, when he told him to lead the land of, of Ur, of his fathers. He told him that he would utilize him to bless all the families yeah. of the earth, but not just his family. He said he would utilize him to bless all the families of the earth. Right. And so he has. Let me have my next reading read first Keepers 5 11 and 12, please. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. 
by Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of Elohim wherein ye stand. Hallelujah. All right. So here it is. We're being told that um, and, and testified to that this is the true grace of Elohim wherein ye stand. You know, and this word grace is charis. This is an important word because it's, it's so butchered. The meaning of it has been all but lost. You know, um, it's number 5485, and it, it speaks to a reciprocal system of favors. And people have made it made it into this, you know, just loving kindness, you know, that's, um, that's one-sided. It is not. I assure you, it is not. You know, Yahshua did come, and he done us a huge favor. He died for our sins. Yeah. He paid the price yes, for our sins. Right. He done us a huge favor. Don't think for a second that he's not expecting a favor in return. This is the grace, the true grace that Apostle Kephas was talking about. For those who are in leadership of Yahshua, just as Yahshua came and died for them, he's expecting them to live their life unto him and die for our loved ones. Right. Die for our friends and family. Mm -hmm. Die for his flock. Because when you've done it unto the least of his, you've done it unto him. Amen? Amen. So the true grace being spoken of is what was just described. That is accepting the call of Elohim to shepherd his flock, but not by lording over them or exercising authority over them, but rather by leading them via example, by going through the suffering, by staying sober, sober and vigilant, by being a good example to the flock that's following so that they know which way to go when it's their turn to suffer. They know how to act when it's their turn to suffer. They know what to do when it's their turn to suffer. They can go through it not thinking something wrong and, and, and running the other way, running away from y'all rather than towards it. Because if they if they see the leadership do it, you know, and and each of us is a type of leader. Because if you if you think of a, a flock, a giant flock, and and Yahshua as it as it speaks to um, as being the, um, the master shepherd. Think about him way out front, mm -hmm. right? And think about all the sheep that follow him. Well, every sheep, except for that one that's directly behind him, every sheep have another sheep in front, in front of him. That sheep that's in front of him, all they can see is that sheep that's in front of him. They can't see Yahshua. Once you get so far down the line, you know, all you can see in front of you is the sheep that's in front of you. So each one of you are a type of leader in, in the body of Messiah. See, and so a lot of people will be like, what is, what is my ministry? You know, and you, sometimes your ministry is just to be a righteous person. It's just to be a righteous sheep because there's going to be sheep behind you and they need to look to you to know where to go and what to do. Yeah. 
And if you're doing the wrong thing and they think highly of you, they're going to do the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. But guess who gonna get blamed for their wrong thing? The one who set the bad example. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Amen? Amen. You know, when you put Yah's name upon you, you become one of those sheep and you become responsible to leave the sheep behind you by example. Amen? So never think that you don't have a job to do. Sometimes your ministry is just to simply be righteous. And that's big. That's huge. Because you don't know how many sheep behind you. You don't know how many are watching you because you've going around talking about, you know, hey, I'm a son of Yahshua. I follow Yahshua. You know, Yahoo is my L. You know, Yahshua is my king. You know, you're going around proclaiming this and putting Yah's name on you. And, you know, people hear you even when you think they don't hear you. And some people hear you that you're not even talking to. And when people hear you, they begin to watch you. You know, and it's not just your family. It's not just your friends. They begin to watch you because they understand. Maybe someone told them, oh, they're a believer. Oh, they don't do this, that, or the other. And so imagine somebody tell them that about you. You know, oh, they're a believer. You know, they don't do this, that, or the other. And then, you know, they turn around and see you somewhere doing this, that, or the other. How do you think that makes them feel about the followers of Yah at that point? You see? So everyone has a ministry. Each and every one of the sheep has a ministry. If it's not nothing but to walk rightly before the sheep behind them. You know, so never forget that we are saved by grace. Y'all yes. done a beautiful favor for us. But now we owe him one. That's right. Amen. Amen. Now we owe him one. You know, you want to see a picture of, of grace and how one becomes, you know, after, you know, that one that's owed to them isn't isn't repaid. You know, just like I'm telling you, you know, God done a wonderful favor for for us. Now we owe him one. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want to see a beautiful scriptural example of what happens when you don't want to pay that one you owe, mm -hmm. then look at the story of King David mm -hmm. concerning yeah. Nabal. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. Now. He looked out for Nabal mm -hmm. and he kept his sheep, you know, you know, um, and his shepherds while they were out, while they were out and about. And it was time to share the sheep, you know, and he asked for, for you know, for an offering. And Nabal act, uh, answered him according to his name, foolishly. No, I'm not giving you nothing, basically. You know, I'm paraphrasing. No, I'm not giving you anything. You know, uh, you know, 
insulted King David. David swore that by this time next the next um day, he wouldn't have anyone left in his house that pissed up against the wall. He immediately started preparing to go to battle. You know, but Abigail, his wife, got wind of it and went and made it right. You know, but when you think about that, why was David, why was King, he wasn't king at that point, but why was David upset? You know, and if you think about it, you know, with the definition of grace, you know, that, that's purported today, you know, whereby someone do you a favor and you don't owe them nothing, then why was David upset? You know, he did a favor. Nobody asked him to do the favor. It's not like they were they were saying, hey, come and, come and um, keep an eye on us or, or watch over us. This is something he chose to do, right? Yeah. So why was he upset, you know, when the favor wasn't returned? And, and it's important that we're talking about David yeah. because David had a heart after Yah. Right. This is the reason Yah chose him, right? Yeah. Because he had a heart after Yah. So within this story, we don't just see David's heart. We see Yah's heart. Right. Amen? Yeah. So that's important to understand. So this becomes really, really um, important teaching. You know, when Nabal didn't want to return the favor, David viewed him as, as, as his enemy. You know, and was going to do battle with him. When you don't want to return the favor, Yah will view you as an enemy and come and do battle with you. And I can tell you right now, your arm's too short to box with Yah. So understand. What caris is, understand what grace is. It's a reciprocal system of favors. When the favor was repaid, all was well. Amen? Amen. After Abigail repaid the favor, everything was small. He left Nabal alone, left his household alone. Amen? Can you see that? I pray you can see that because that's, because we truly are saved by grace, you know, but it's not this one-sided thing. It's not this, you know, you know, um, y'all do, 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 and you just receive, 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 you know, and you don't have to do anything in return. You know, it's not how they make it sound. It isn't that you won't find an example of that in scripture either. You know, so the story concerning King David is a beautiful picture of what grace really is. It's a reciprocal system of favors. I look out for you, you look out for me. That's only fair, right? You know, so if you're smart, you'll do like me and try to, you know, get yada owe you one. Say that. <laughs> First Kephas um, 5, 13 and 14. The church 
that is at Babylon, elected together with you, salute of you, and so do Marcus, my son. Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Shalom or peace be with you, all that are in Mashiach Yahushua. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.